We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of Lee Castle. Uh, tonight we've headed out to the Wild West of Tuxford Park here, the home of the Shorty Devils. Uh, had a very tumultuous off-season. There were some doubts as to whether or not the club might get off the ground. But my two co-hosts today are uh, part of the reason they are and uh, looking pretty good back on the field in the B-grade competition. Uh, first of all, uh, joined by... Understand their co-coach, yeah. Uh, a Waratah junior who's played at South, Wars in Maryland, amongst a couple of others. Uh, now finds his way back to Shortland. Um, he's also uh, telling me off air that he's got one of the sketchiest apprentices around. Uh, and uh, but you are the man to see if someone needs a paint job. Jaden Tung, how are you, Tungy? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having us. No worries at all. And the other man is uh, no stranger to our audiences. Now he's a uh, a celebrity, even if it was for getting sent off in his uh, picture on his player probe. I thought I did well in sneaking that one in there. Uh, Dan Carlton, Dan, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. You've done real well there. I, I wonder where that one comes from. I, I, I'm, I'm up there with the best of the Facebook creeps and stalkers. I spent a lot of time as a single bloke. That's what you got to do. Beautiful. Don't tell my missus that. Uh, but, uh, boys, Shorty Devils, uh, as I touched on, it looked pretty bleak in the off-season. A lot of players left from last year after the, the premiership in the 50th year, and uh, everything was done to... Russell up the team and a few boys came over that were probably um, at Wolsey Maryland and um, got, got everyone on the paddock, started out in A grade, dropped back to B grade and sort of it looks like you're starting to find your rhythm there. Yeah, we did. We, we started sort of a couple of young blokes. We had about six blokes come, come back to Shorty from Maryland. Um, yeah, we sort of struggled for the first couple of weeks to find, you know, Blokes that you know were a hundred percent keen to play footy, but um, yeah, we come out the other end and we got some good numbers getting around now. So, so when you say young blokes, you're talking about Buff Baker? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Buff, uh, we got Richie Edwards helping as well. Yep, another young bloke, um, Nathan Parker. Really, really lose youth of Newcastle and rugby league there. No, and it's great to see because um, you know yourselves and you know there's a few other clubs that have really been. You know, and Wolves and Maryland's another one that are, they're the heart and soul of what is Newcastle Hunter Rugby League. And, and for whatever the reasons, we probably don't want to delve too much into what happened at the end of last year with those players leaving and those sorts of things. But yeah, certainly when I was talking to some people from your committee earlier in the year, and, and that's what was sort of led on was that there was, you know, talk at one point of the club folding. It, it's great to see that, you know, some guys have rolled up their sleeves and got involved. And obviously the committee and, sponsor, and your sponsors too have made that possible. Yeah, yeah, mate. With it, without Ryan Bland and his family, they've um, they've take they took the club, you know, in a real bad position, and um, and they've got it in a pretty good spot now that we can sort of start building for years to come. And that's the thing is it is, is the future as well. And uh, and what about on the other side of the ledger here? How are the juniors looking in Shortland? What what's the story there? Yeah, I, much in the way out here. Yeah, I believe that there's a business plan in place to try and um, we're trying to get the Newcastle Rugby League on board to help us out a little bit. Yep. Um, and sort of, yeah, help us in the right direction. Uh, excellent. And that's always good to hear because, you know, it is, it is an area where um, it's traditional stronghold of rugby league and it'd be a shame to see it go by the wayside. So hopefully you can go back on to bigger and better things. We've seen plenty of clubs that have 
had some tough times and bounced back. Waratah's probably a good example of that. One of the A-grade sides that you guys took on early in the year. So hopefully we see a few more of those clubs sort of consolidate and solidify. And I know Wolves and Maryland from St. Lowy and, and um, Plano out there the other week are probably in a similar spot in terms of cattle on the field and uh, two proud clubs that we hope, you know, for years to come um, continue to go on from strength to strength and go through what's hopefully a blip on the radar. Yeah, mate, and so do we. We've got a lot of young blokes sort of hanging around, which we hope we can sort of keep there for a long time to come. Excellent. We might get into the footy action, and uh, as we do traditionally, we'll start with the Group 21 uh, from the weekend. We'll start with the second grade and the results. Scone, 32, defeated Musselbrook, 6. Merriwell, 16, defeated Mararundi, 14. Aberdeen, 42, Denman, 8. And Singleton, 24, defeated Greta Branson, 14. That sees Merriwell stay atop the ladder on 16 competition points. Scone, 15, Aberdeen, 13, Singleton, 12. Musselbrook, 10. Uh, Murrundi and Greta Brankston on two and Denman on zero. So Murrundi and Denman have had a couple of points docked by the Group 21 competition uh, for some ineligible players earlier in the year, I understand. So, um, yeah, certainly heating up there. You've five sides all within a couple of wins of each other. So it'll be an interesting run at home. We're sort of nine rounds into a 15-round comp. So everyone will get pretty much a shot at everyone else on the way home. This weekend's fixtures on Saturday, Greta Brankston versus Aberdeen. Who we like there, boys? The Colts or the Tigers? Yeah, I'll go Aberdeen there. Yeah, I think the Colts be too strong for them. Colts at home, only at Aberdeen as well, so we go 2v1 there. This one, this, this is the big derby for um, on Sunday afternoon. Scone and Singleton, there's no love lost, and this will be the curtain raiser for the same teams in first grade. Um, who do we like here in the Reggies? Yeah, I'm going to go for Scone there. Yeah, Scone too. I think they're really starting to build. Obviously, their first grade's on fire at the moment. I think that's going to carry on down the Reggies too. The first grade are flying high, and um, yeah, they're, they've got plenty of depth there. So I think it'll be a triumvirate of Scone tips there. The other Saturday game is Merriwar hosting Musselbrook, and Merriwar started the season on fire. I think they won something like their first seven before they dropped one. Uh, then they dropped two, and then only just snuck home against lowly Murrundi on the weekend. So this probably marks a real danger game, but an opportunity for Musselbrook to try and claw their way up in, into fourth with Singleton and Scone. Clash, you want to go to the Rams for an upset here? Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah how to argue with that. Love a good underdog story. Yeah, happy days. Uh, the final game sees Denman and Marundo, those two teams that I talked about having points docked on Sunday. Clashing is the curtain raiser for the first grade fixture. Uh, this is anyone's pick, but um, I'm going to go with the Mavericks just purely based on the fact that they've got two wins on the board for the season so far. Yeah, I'm going to go with Denman there. Yeah, mate, I'm going to back the Devils in this one. Lovely. So that's the second grade. We'll jump into the first grade. Uh, the results from last weekend. Aberdeen 28 defeated Denman 20, which saw Aberdeen jump back into second spot. This one a bit of a surprising result for mine. I obviously have no idea because I tipped Singleton. Scone 60 defeated Singleton 6. Wow. So that's these Scone now on 18 competition points. Aberdeen in second on 8. Singleton on 6 and Denman on 4. Scone undefeated. If they win this week, they get the minor premiership. With five weeks to run. Oh, it's pretty phenomenal, especially when you allow for some of the names that you know Singleton have got on the books, including a bloke that pulled on the boots here last year in Chad Redmond. Yeah. Um, and then our experience, Frank Paul Nuasala as well. I know those guys haven't been available all the time for them, but you know, and you know, you can't shake off some of the names that Scone's got, and we talk about them every week. Clydesdale, uh, Watts. Uh, they've also got uh, JJ Apthorpe, who's a seasoned campaigner at South, one of your former clubs, um, and Central. So. Yeah, Scone just... It's not often you see a competition so lopsided. Nah, and there's some big names getting thrown around now, that's for sure. Certainly is, and now the 
anomaly of their draw and the wonders of a four-team competition. So Skane, as we said, 60-6 to six winners over Singleton last week at Singleton. Singleton now get the joy of heading to Scone this weekend to play him again. Surely yeah, they've got to, it's got to be an improved showing. But <laughs> how, how, how do you handle that? Well, if, you're, if you're sitting there holding the clipboard, you know, Jai Bailey, how do you get your boys up from a 54-point drubbing to not at home to go on the road yeah. and travel up to Scone, which is not an easy road trip at any point? No, I think, yeah, you'd think they'd come out ready to go, I think, after getting beat like that. They'd have a point to prove. you just got to say, that, look, boys, we can't go anywhere. Yeah, Surely they'll right. yeah. start again. and Look, I, you, you can't. I don't, I don't see how you tip Singleton in this one. I tipped them last week, but I've got to go Skane. So Singleton will probably win this week. Yeah, but yeah I'm going to go Singleton. I reckon they'll come in flying. Take take the first L to the Skane for the year? Yeah. What about you, Dan? Yeah, for what you said, it's funny with the ins and outs of the, uh, of the Singleton team. It would be nice to know the team list before I, before I have a stab in the dark. But in my experience, you know, when you play a team back-to-back, you know, whether it's the first week leading to the finals or whatnot, and, you know, you cop a bit of a touch-up. Generally, you're better for it the second week around, but in saying that, you can't go past Skane at the moment. Yeah, well, we certainly saw that earlier in the year. I think it was um, Aberdeen got the better of Singleton and a bit of an upset, and the next week Singleton came out and trounced them, so when they played back-to-back, and it is the anomalies, and it's an, it's an interesting draw when you've got to play everyone five times and you start playing back-to-back weeks and stuff, so... Yeah. Uh, and you know, similar to what we talked about earlier with, with your club, you know, hopefully we can see a couple of those clubs that were proud first grade clubs, you know, the likes of Musselbrook, Greater Branson, even maybe in Merriwell, who've been pretty competitive at times this season, maybe push up into first grade. I mean, I'd much rather see, from a personal point of view, an eight-team first grade comp and a four-team reserve grade than vice versa. So oh, for sure. you want more, more people at the pinnacle and more guys playing there. So fingers crossed, Group 21, I know they've got a lot of uh, volunteers and committee members who are working behind the scenes to try and you know, push towards that already. So fingers crossed they can get that uh, up and running. Next up, we'll jump into the Newcastle Rugby League. And uh, there was no action on the weekends in the... Uh, well, there was a ladies' league tag, but no action in the tackle. Uh, South and Central were scheduled to play, but that was washed out for the second consecutive week, so they'll catch up later in the year. There was, of course, uh, the New South Wales Pioneers game, and we won't get too, too in-depth into it, but we did talk about it briefly off-air. And Pioneers had a really good win uh, at a bunch of... I think something like nine players from Newcastle Rugby League, I think six or seven from West, uh, a couple from Curry potentially. So, uh, and, and just a shout out to Ryan Walsh, who was named man of the match for the fixture. So uh, a really strong performance for him. And uh, that probably ties into something that we normally run in the intro and we, I skipped across it without having my normal run sheet. That's the League Castle legends. And Ryan was my League Castle legend for this week. And, uh, yeah, I just thought it was really impressive. The guy's been biding his time on the, the bench primarily for West to step up in a, in a rep fixture and uh, absolutely brain them. So well done to Ryan and uh, just shows the depth at West this year. Uh, do you boys have some nominees up there for the League Castle Legends? Yeah, mate, mate. I have one of my own Devils teammates, Jacob Nolan. Massive game on the weekend. Yep. Um, yeah, just, just played an enormous game. Scored our only try for us. Took about... 26 hit-ups, I reckon. Made a shitload of tackles. Great great to see some other names stepping up there. We, we often hear those same ones we talked yeah. about before the experience ones, so good to hear. What about yourself, Dan? Yeah, mate, I've gone with the team this week. Uh, I thought the, the Raven Terrace Magpies, what they, uh, Devin Gloucester done up there on the weekend um, after the game. You know, they obviously had that um, special occasion there. Where, you know, they got some, some people that don't really get that opportunity every week to play, to play a game they love, and... Um, you just saw the smiles on all the faces of the kids up there. It was a really good thing from, from both clubs. Mate, that was phenomenal. For those who aren't aware, definitely check out um, 
uh, their own terrace page or Valentine Sports Photography. John Valentine got some great shots of essentially they put out a call uh, probably a couple of weeks ago for anyone with disabilities that would normally uh, potentially get in the way of them playing rugby league and, and both Raymond Terrace and Gloucester players essentially formatted a game. I think it was five minutes each way that was all around the kids playing with the Gloucester and Raymond Terrace players. It was all rubber stamped and covered off by Newcastle Hunter Rugby League. And yeah, as you say, you've never seen, I think they end up with three or four of them. The boys participating, you've never seen three or four people enjoy a game of rugby league so much in their lives. So it was a great initiative and yeah, uh, really big ups to Raymond Terrace for organising. Brooke Roach, obviously a, um, a store and a legend of the Newcastle Hunter competition, you know, was one of the leading lights behind it. Um, and, and, you know, ups as well to Gloucester for getting on board the two, two sides of the Magpies. And um, awesome. great to see and probably more stories of, of the type that we need in rugby league. Yeah, definitely. Roach, you might have kept his tackle down for once, you reckon? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't know, mate. I don't know if it's in his nature. <laughs> well, I had to sit that one out then. Yeah, exactly right. So, jumping back into Newcastle rugby league and we'll have a look at this weekend's fixtures. Uh, first up, we see the ladder leaders, Western Suburbs Rosellas. They travel out to Peacock Field at Toronto on Saturday afternoon to take on Macquarie. Uh, West was just the one loss to their name so far this year, and that was to a Cessnock side that was reinvigorated by a former Macquarie Scorpion in Scott Briggs. Um, can it be some other Briggs boys that uh, put another dagger into West? Yeah, I'd like to see my old mate uh, Rosie at Toronto there. Yeah. Get a win over West, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Jaden would be pumped up for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be hard to see. Like, obviously, West, you know, they're, sit, they're setting the standard, but as we know, the finals are a different ball game. But, um, you know, they're, they're really playing some good football there. Obviously, got Luke Walsh, um, you know, pulling the strings there. Another shorty boy in Chad O'Donnell as well. Um, you know, he's come back from the Sydney company. He's really made a big difference, I think. So, I think they'll probably be too strong for Macquarie on, on the day. Yeah, plenty of depth across the board for uh, West. I mean, as we talked about, when you've got a guy who's playing in essentially the highest level of representative footy that the guys get an opportunity to, you know, bar and go to the New South Wales Cup, getting man of the match against the Queensland Rangers and then coming back and, and wearing the 14 jersey behind his older brother. It's uh, a pretty good place to be in. And I've talked about it a dozen times on the show. You know, you've got Ryan Walker playing in the back row, who's an out-and-out half if he needs to be. Sam Keenan playing fullback. There's, I've seen um, competitions with less halves running around the West have got their first grade squad, so Macquarie will have their work cut out, but uh, yeah, I think I'll go West in, in uh, a little bit closer than many would expect for that one. The other Saturday fixture sees Cessnock host the South Newcastle Lions. Uh, South's sitting in second at the moment, but uh, a couple of games up their sleeve. They're going to have a busy time ahead uh, with all the catch-up footy they've got. Um, so be interesting to see. Cessnock have made a host of changes for this fixture. South's welcome back in uh, Harry Van Dardle, which will be a big addition. He was an absolute standout for them last year. So he'll be playing off the bench, it looks like, as well as um, Jason Keelan coming in for them as well. So South will be uh, fired up for this one, and I expect with the uh, some of the outs that Cessnock have South to win this one pretty comfortably. Yeah, mate, I love the look of South. They're like just a good quality young team. They don't have the big names. They're not overly flashy. It's sort of just a, a really good quality young team to get the job done. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of a lot of these sides, but it seems like South have been building for a few years now. Obviously, got that elusive premiership a few years ago, and you know, some of the older players, like I said, Todd Harrell and whatnot, kind of moved on or retired. And you know, they've got that next bunch of young blokes coming through. And yeah, I think they're in for a decent year. If anyone's probably going to get you know West's back, I think it's probably them. So, going to back South in this one. Yeah, lovely. We move on to Sunday, and, and my old side, the Lakes United Seagulls, host the Maitland Pickers out at Carl Oval. Lakes, 
not having the best of years, but running plenty of young talent um, on the way through, and they look like they're finally starting to settle on their first choice lineup. Uh, can they get the upset win against the Pickers here? The Pickers coming up a good win last round up against Cessna. Yeah, I'm going to go Lakes because my old mate uh, Robbie Payne is out there helping out. So they're going to how many people admit that their mates are Payne? <laughs> yeah, a few stories there. What about what about he's still playing? Still playing, hitting up in third grade here and there. Yeah, right. He's actually finally moving the forwards at last. Though, which he was his good progress with Payne. Has he still got the number twenty-seven on? Or? No, no, they, they, they squeezed him into an eleven. It looks yeah, snug. Right. It looks yeah. quite snug still, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, mate. Um, look, oh, Robbie, he's a, a bit of a club scorer, isn't he? But, um, yeah, back to the cricket. I'm probably going to have to go with Maitland on that one. You know, probably get a bit, bit of a boost in the arm after that win last game. And uh, looking to go on with it, I think. Yeah, lovely. Uh, the final fixture of the round sees Curry taking on Central. Curry, welcome back. Mitch Cullen, uh, Central with an extended bench, including a uh, pretty, pretty couple of handy surnames in uh, Kennedy and Harrigan. The son, sons of guns. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Central end up going with. Uh, they look like they're playing a bit of ducks and drakes. Uh, Phil Williams up against his old club, Curry, there. But the Butcher Boys, uh, they've been a bit inconsistent. The dogs on the other side have been fairly impressive in most of the season so far. It's been a good Yeah, it'd be nice to see Central get a win. I think they, they've been doing it a bit tough this year. They've sort of had a fair few young blokes have to step up from thirds and reserve grade to try and get them across the line. And it'd be good to see them. Yeah, hard to back against the side that's got a current Fijian international too, isn't it? Yeah, that's Junior or Rock Yeah, I'm going to go with Curry in this one. Lovely. So that uh, wraps up the Tui's Newcastle Rugby League. We'll get on to the, the business end of why you boys are here. The Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League now. This weekend, only the one fixture, which we'll start with and, and touch on really quickly. But when we go through the competition, we might just have a bit of a look at where the ladders sit and get your thoughts on... Uh, Maybe get a tip for who you think is a standout to win the comp and, and a dark horse maybe to sneak in the final and shake some pages. So uh, that one fixture this week is the, uh, the delayed fixture from last weekend, which is the local derby between Glendale and West Walls End. I noticed we put a poll up on our page today and there's been uh, plenty yeah. of interaction. Dan Melmoth taking the lead as always. Yeah, I, I did see that today. Dan Melmoth, he always likes to stir the pot. Um, but he actually did a good video out there, right? Certainly will be both sides bolstered with some returning players, so uh, I think uh, we'll see Khan Yunki return for the um, Magpies, and I'm told the Gorillas have got a few innings as well, and I do apologise on the sound here, we've got a bit of heavy rain coming in at Tuxford Park, so if the sound's a bit uh, waffled, um, we do apologise, we'll do the best we can and push on. Uh, so who do you boys like in this picture? Uh, Westwall's end, obviously a win will take them back to the top of the ladder. Uh, Glendale, a win will, will really lock them into the top five. Yeah, I'm going to go Westy there. I think they'll be way too strong. Uh, where's this game played at? Uh, a bit bare oval, Saturday 3 o'clock. It's hard to go past Westy. You know, Glendale, they're, they're not a bad team, but I just think over the 80 minutes, Westy will just get them out of armless. I just want to go away. So Westy can win. Yeah, it's a pretty strong forward rotation when you have a look at it now. You know, I was talking to Dan Melmoth during the week when you've got Kai and Khan Yunkin and Dan Melmoth inserting their game, you watch a blow run through the middle. It's a fair bit having a B-grade yeah. side, so uh, quite impressive. I'm going to go Westy. I think, I think there'll be plenty of points on offer here. I'm going to say it might be something like 34, 26. Uh, so we'll have a look at the A-grade competition, the results from the weekend, and there's probably some surprise results for many. Uh, Wendell, 42, defeated Waratah, 18. Bingle Bay, 12, were defeated by Woodbury, 28. Cardiff, 16, were defeated by Dora Creek, 26. 
and Dudley 12 would have been about Belmont South 22. So, uh, yeah, certainly Wood, Woodbury um, starting to rock with some feathers after, I mean, they're undefeated essentially since they've come back up. Uh, yeah. barring, I mean, technically a forfeit there, but they haven't lost the game. So, uh, they seem to sort of sneak into fifth place on the ladder. So, yeah, it's good to see the Woodbury boys back up, back into it. You know, I, I feel sorry for them a little bit, getting pushed up there in the A grade, but um, it's good to see them come out the other side of it. Certainly is, and uh, I mean, the competition still looks like it's Dora Creek to lose. I'm hearing Pierre and Pearson speaking to people who were out here last year. Is, uh, <laughs> is, has, hasn't been sided for a couple of weeks out there at Dora Creek, so he's a big loss for them. Uh, his experience has showed that last year and steering the side around here. Um, and, and we've probably seen that in results in recent weeks. Can't have been close them on the weekend. So we've got Dora Creek sitting five points clear. I think the minor premiership is pretty much theirs. But then you've got Belmont South, Windar, Waratah, Woodbury, Dudley, Finger, all, all in the mix. We saw what Finger could do earlier in the year. They've had a few players out. Can anyone beat Dora Creek for yours? And, and if so, who's that team? And, and do you see a dark horse sneaking sort of from that, you know, four, fifth and sixth sort of spots? Yeah, mate, I hope, yeah, I'd like to see Waratah or Finger win it. Um, I'd like to see someone challenge Dora. I don't think that, you know, no one's really come too close to them this year and given the a bit of a fright. Um, yeah, I'm going to say Fingal Bay. Fingal Bay wants it back to full strength. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, look, realistically, I think we've seen it a few times over the years in the A-grade comp. You know, there's always that one team that really stands out. and It doesn't always translate into premierships, as you see with Shortland over the last couple of years. And um, You know, you can be the best team all year, but, you know, come to that, that Sunday or Saturday, I should say, at number one sports ground, it all means nothing. And, I just think some of those sides, I like to look at Belmont South, I think they've really flown under the radar. And I think, you know, the likes of them, um, you know, and then probably you know, a bit, bit more obviously. You've got Dudley have surprised me, I thought they would do better, but, but Windows appear to be picking up the wings where they should, so uh, probably uh, probably Belmont, I reckon, at this stage, are going to be the team that's going to give them a shake. Yeah, I certainly think so, and as I saw a comment from uh, someone when we put up our you know, theoretical odds for the competitions, uh, after June 30 deadlines, when this competition really starts, because you start to see, you know, the players start coming out of the woodwork and all these sorts of things. Gone are the days when you used to be able to see the clearances on Sporting Pulse. Yeah, well, Matt Garrick was telling me that he hasn't really been playing hard lately. He's going to step it up now. He does, does Matt Garrick play hard at all? Or? I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I've never really watched him. He plays injured. I've never noticed him anyway. He plays injured a lot, you know. Um, I hear Scott Salt has been saving himself just for game days. He's not. He's trying not to train, which I understand has been a whole career. But you know, You're talking about Brendan Bottle again. Yeah, well, there's a few of them that run around in the competition, isn't there? So, yeah, look, I think Belmont South, you know, the experience of a guy like Jake Briggs steering him around, they've got some really good young guys there, and, um, you know, a lot of people might underrate him, but uh, Aaron Chop Morris certainly knows his way around the clipboard as well as on the footy field, so they've got plenty of depth, and, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see over the coming weeks some names start to pop up on a few of these A-grade team sheets. I think uh, I think Woodbury might be one of those sides that might have picked up a couple of other players just before the deadline from... Uh, Guys are at Maitland and those sorts of things, so it'll be certainly interesting to see. I think it'll be, um, as you say, Dora Creek, you know, I mean, realistically, it should be theirs to lose, but it only takes a couple of losses in that yeah. finals. And, you know, you touched on just before, Dan Shortland, you know, have gone into grand finals where they should have walked over them. Yeah. Funnily enough, it was last year where they probably weren't in that position that, that they actually won it. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a different race. It's June 30 through to the, the end of the season, and then. If you can get into especially those top three, but even fourth and fifth, anything's possible. Morissette showed that last year. They got all the way through to the big dance after scraping into fifth, so in, in one of the lower grades. We'll jump into the B grade. We've got, uh, this is your area of expertise, boys. So uh, Malibu up 34, defeated Shortland 4. Uh, they're an impressive side, the Panthers. 
They were, mate. They were. Yeah, we. Yeah, they probably the first fifteen minutes we we matched it with them. Um, yeah, we we gave away a fair few shit penalties. Um, we just weren't completing. You and, gave um, away a few shit penalties. Always. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, mate. Once they once they got on top of us, it was wasn't much coming back for us. Yeah. You're obviously confident in your position, mate. Throwing the coach coach under the bus there, I like that. <laughs> oh, mate, I've known him too long. I'll get away with a lot now. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, in other results, more for 20 defeated East Maitland 12. They're a very up and down side at the moment. The Griffins, Katara, they seem to be really struggling at the moment for numbers. They went down 68-10 to the university side. And then as we touched on, Glendale versus West Falls End uh, will be played this Saturday. That sees the ladder more for at the moment sitting... Top on 15, West Wall's end with the opportunity to go back to the top on 14, Malibula 14, Uni 11, Glendale 10, East Maitland 7, Shortland 6, Katara 4. I guess from your point of view, um, in terms of you know having a, a, a slimmer a, you know slimmer hope for the finals, Glendale losing this weekend would probably be the ideal result. Because <laughs> it would keep you within two, yeah. two rather than two and a half wins from yeah, the finals. I reckon this is probably the, the weirdest season I've ever played in the way of B grade is one of them comps. You can't forget yeah, honestly, it's it changes every week. Certainly does, and, and we, we talked about it. I think either last week or the week it was last week actually when we had the Westie boys on the show. Um, and it's interesting because more than Malibu obviously gained a heap of points, then came up. Uni had points, went up, didn't yeah. get any, came back down, so they're sitting mid table. Westie and Glendale have probably been the two sort of consistent performers yeah. along the path. I mean, yourselves, you know, had that tough run to start with, came back, got a couple of wins, and then you know settled back into the into the rhythm of the comp. Um, Qatar, I looked at you know at the start of the season, looked like they might you know be finals contenders, and they've obviously had some struggles around player numbers and things. And I know they've got a, they've had a number of guys at different points in recent weeks having to play two games and things like that with the two teams they've got fielding. East Maitland on their day can mix it with anyone, and then on another day they turn up and they'll get pumped by someone. So it's a really yeah really intriguing competition. And you know sitting you know obviously it hasn't been a great season in terms of results for Shortland. But sitting where you do at the moment, you're still well and truly, if you can go on a run of two or three wins, all of a sudden you're right in that finals picture and you know, you sneak into fifth and like we talked about, anything, anything's possible if you can get your best you know, 19 out there on, on any given day. Oh, exactly, mate. And once, when we first started back here, you know, we, we had plans just to, to rebuild and you know, we got thrown in A grade and you know, we all kept the heads up. The boys really dug deep for them four games. No one sort of, you know, the attitude was really good. Um, once we got dropped back to B grade, I think, yeah, it sort of disjointed a little bit in the way of, you know, I think maybe some people thought we're going to go on a bit of a roll. And, but, you know, we're coming out the other side of it. And hopefully we can get some wins for the back end now. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, as I said, you know, as, yeah, it only takes a couple of those results and, you know, a couple of other results going your way and all of a sudden you find yourself sitting in fourth or fifth. Yeah, and, yeah, you right. know, finals football becomes a whole different ball game. It's amazing the confidence going on a couple of week run. Oh, and I'm University sure. were probably a great example. They did B-grade last year. I think they lost something like seven of their first eight. And then went on a winning run, got all the way to the grand final um, with something like 10 or 11 wins on the trot. Unfortunately, didn't quite get there. Woodbury knocked him over. But, you know, especially with, you know, as you said, you've got some young blokes here. It's amazing yeah. what sort of confidence a couple of, oh, couple, couple of chalk, W's chalked up on the Beldar versus, you know, a couple of back-to-back losses. Um, so, obviously, you know, your dark horse is going to be Shortland. Who, who's the team for you guys in terms of who, who do you think has the target on their back at the moment? Yeah, Mate, I, I honestly, I think Westie, Westie and Uni are the two teams. Um, I, Uni's always, you know, it's always a really hard game. They're, they're always really fit. Uh, they play for the 80 minutes. And I think Westie are sort of up there with them. Yeah, it's certainly, certainly interesting. I'll grab your thoughts in a sec, Dan. 
like I, I can make a case for probably six or seven of the sides to at least get to the grand final. Um, I think from talking to Qatar, I think they're probably going to struggle just because of the inconsistency of their team. They can't get a lot of their you know, stronger players on the paddock week in, week out, and so it depends on who they play each week. But you know, any of the other teams on their day, like you know, from what we've seen from you guys when you beat Woodbury earlier in the year, um, East Maitland have shown it at times. You know, they mix it with West Wales End when they play West Wales End up there, and they mix it with a couple of other sides and then just run out of puff because they've been light on numbers. And certainly, you know, the experience of, you know, some of the guys like Glendale with Steve Slee and, and Troy Forbes in the halves. University we've talked about at Infinitum, you know, just the experience of, you know, Jared Rodimer and then some of the other players they've got running off him. Nick Goodfellow has been an absolute mammoth for the last couple of years for them in the centres. Westley, we've talked about their depth across the park. Malibula, always a strong side. And, and Morpeth, you know, they've got some really strong players across the park. Again, struggle to get their best 19 on the park every week. And, you know, you can never write off, you know, the boys like Griffiths and White, the whale boats, like there's some phenomenal footballers there. So, uh, and then your side's obviously got some guys that have been there, you know, in big game football before, as well as some young guys, which that enthusiasm can't be underrated as well. So, well, I think you're right. I think Westy and Uni on paper should probably play at the grand final, but you know, these competitions aren't played on paper. No, that's right. Yeah, anything can happen. Anything can happen. What about you, Dan? Who's your, who's your team to watch? Yeah, Shortland, but. <laughs> It's it's a weird it's a weird comp like not even B grade like A B C I haven't followed too much of the D grade but like by this time of the year like it's well over the halfway point so you've got a fair idea of, of who's leading the pack but like as you said like Glendale and um, and Westy are probably the only two consistent teams that have been in B grade the whole and you know and it's showing you know like they've, they've started to click and whatnot but. You know, uni, I haven't played uni yet, but I've seen their team on paper. and you know, They're probably stronger than the team they had last year. Um, Westy are the, the most consistent team over 80 minutes that I've seen play in this comp so far. But, you know, um, yeah, some of those teams, like us, can just, you know, put, as you said, put together a few performances, um, get a bit of confidence going into the back end, you know. You know, a team like us or, or Glendale, or, you know, could, could definitely do some damage come finals time. Yeah, exactly right. And as we said before, Saturday afternoon, uh, it's a perfect opportunity for pretty much, uh, and I'd expect there's going to be a bumper crowd because I know plenty of blokes from other sides are going to take the opportunity to get down there and uh, get around this game. And, and it's probably the, first, the closest thing we're going to see to finals footy at this time of year. It's built up plenty with the chat that's going on online and all the, a lot of the boys have played it, you know, one club or the other before they're at the club they're at at the moment. I know Dan Melmoth is a, is a great example. He's a Glendale junior, so... There's no love lost. Uh, I think Dan actually lives with one of the Glendale players, so that could be interesting. Uh, but yeah, so there'll, there'll be a big turnout down there and, and a promise to be an absolute belter. So get down there on Saturday afternoon. Um, it'll be worth the, uh, well, I don't know if Glendale charges the price of admission. It'll be worth the price of a steak sandwich. So maybe we'll set our listeners the challenge of um, drinking them out of booze. That might be a good, good atmosphere down there. <laughs> Uh, we'll jump into C grade and the results from the weekend. The Gloucester 44 defeated Raymond Terrace 16. Tall Timbers, Timbercutters 20, defeated Budgeroy 12 in the Central Coast Derby. Morissette Bulls 62, defeated Walsamp Maryland 4. And Avamame Western, in a bit of an upset, defeated the former ladder leaders, Aberglassen, 18-16. So uh, that sees the ladder now. Gloucester and Aberglassen both on 16. Tall Timbers 14, Avamame 11, Morissette 10, Raymond Terrace 7, Budgeroy and Walsamp Maryland 6. And it's another competition that's quite similar. And Walsamp Maryland are sort of, you know, and Lowy and the boys will admit this have been on, you know, on the skids a little bit. They just haven't been able to get their discipline right and, and yeah. get things to click. And unfortunately for them, you know, I spoke to the uh, to a mate of mine who refereed their game on the weekend and Morissette just did all the little things right. And I've seen Morissette earlier in the year when they didn't and they nearly got rolled by Raymond Terrace. So 
But the great thing for Lowy and the boys, and it's the same for Budgie Warriors, they're sitting two wins outside of the five, and if they can get a run on the paddy and get a couple of games, I mean, they beat Tall Timbers early, earlier in the season. So it's, it's great to see with, what have we got, five rounds left, um, that every team in that competition is still within, within a chance well and truly of playing finals footy. Yeah, another tight comp by the looks of it. I can't see anyone coming close to Gloucester at the moment. Yeah. Another one that's picked up some ex short one players. Yeah, yeah, uh, just yeah, they've just seemed really strong. The, so. the young, the young, young and uh, evergreen Steve Cook up there. Yeah, wandering around. Um, and, and you know, there's, there's uh, they've certainly added a couple of good players. I know um, they got Steve Forrest came across mid season from Woodbury after relocating up to Gloucester. Um, and yeah, they're certainly going to be in the mix. And I think it'll be Gloucester and Aberglass will be right there. Tall Timbers are a bit of an unknown. Uh, they've got some wily veterans in the Trembath boys. I was having a chat to Dwayne Sampson the other day, and he played with them up at, up at Warhope, and he said, whatever you do, just don't underestimate those boys. They've, <laughs> they've got some now. So uh, Sambo's usually a pretty good judge. And you know, as I said, Morris said on their day, as they showed against Wolves and Maryland, they can't be underrated. They're probably my dark horse with the few boys they picked up from Tukley earlier in the season. So uh, there's plenty of water to go under the bridge, and you know, hopefully for Lowy and the boys out there, um, your former club, we'd love to see them sneak in and, Refill that hill at um, the Grange. It's been a little bit, a uh, little bit quieter than I remember it when I played out there against them. Certainly a few years ago in A grade. Yeah, no, it would be good to see him do well. Lowy's always, you know, he's always trying really hard to get the boys sort of going, and they got some good players over there. So I can't see why they can't do it. Yeah, exactly right. There'll be um, plenty more as, as as I caught up with them the other week. There'll be plenty more years in that Walls and Maryland side, and we'll probably go be back there in, in five or ten years, and Lowy will still have the boots on short game going <laughs> four hundred or something. I can't believe he's up to what two hundred or two hundred and fifty, and he's only early early side of thirty five. So yeah, well, he's done two fifty halfway through last year. So yeah, pretty incredible. He's a freak. He, 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 sometimes, sometimes when you see him walking around in his beanie and jacket over there, it looks yeah. like he's played two hundred fifty games. Yeah, well, when you're hiding in dummy half for eighty minutes a game, it's I suppose you can get away with it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly right. So uh, he's got. Uh, I hear Flano's going to go out and protect him now. So you know, yeah, yeah, right. I, I don't know if that will help him yeah, or not. Yeah, I don't, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, all right, into the Northern Conference for D grade, and this one's a little bit similar to the A grade. And we've got a runaway leader. Uh, we've got the Clarence Town Cobras. Uh, someone made the comment during the week on the NHRL page. Um, I don't know if they were playing cricket or not. 90 defeated Maitland United 8. So when first place fifth, and they put up a 90 point score on, it's a little bit ominous. Dungold 40 defeated Patterson River 12. Stroud 26 defeated Tea Gardens Hawks 6. And Hinton Hornets 34 defeated Karua Roos 4. Uh, now, I just need to stand, correct, be, stand corrected on a point of order from last week. I said Simon Chappell is the hooker at um, Stroud, 51. He's actually 53. Yeah, wow. And, and backed up last week, or a week before his hat-trick with a double on the weekend. So five tries in his last two games. So um, you boys might have break out the checkbook at 54 and sign him for next yeah, year. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I played him when I played at Stockton last game of the season, and they done a big thing for him because it was supposed to be his last game. That was uh, three years ago. Yep. I, don't know. I recall refereeing Chapo a few years ago, and he's refereed as well, Chap. So, um, but it was when Nelson Bay were right on their last legs with the Sharks at the end, um, and he was their third grade coach. And then I went to run the first grade touch line, and here's Chapo playing first grade, and he was old Ben. And so, I mean, how many years has it been since Nelson Bay's been in the comp? So, but the great thing about him, like a lot of those veterans that are around, one of the best blokes you meet off the field, yeah. but tough as nails. He's a little nugget. Again, maybe he's, he's wise up the low, his tactic. He hides in dummy half a lot. Um, and there was a few people that blew up when I uh, picked Chapo in our um, over 35 side, hooker in front of Lowy. But uh, I think at 53, he deserves yeah. that honour. 
Uh, plenty of years for Lowy to work his way into that number <laughs> nine jump facility. He's got about 17 years to catch up. So there's some, if you do the math on it, 17 times. And there's another 200 games for Lowy. He ain't getting 500 yet. Yeah, far out. <laughs> must have had a few years off, I reckon. Yeah, well, maybe with because he still playing. I think he still plays police force footy as well. Because I think he's a, a police officer, Chapo. So absolute machine. Um, but yeah, as I said, he was playing at Nelson Bay, refereeing juniors, refereeing some Newcastle and Hunter all at the same time. And that was when he was well into his forties at that point. So I'm 32 and I'm retired. So mate, hats off to him. Let's see the ladder with that competition. Clarence Town 21, Dungog 15, Hinton 14, Stroud 14, Maitland United 10. Still sitting inside the top five. Patterson River t- and Teagarden both on six, and Karua on two. Uh, I mean, Clarence only probably need another win, and they'll lock up that minor premiership, and you'd be brave to back against them with the depth they've got. But the second bite of the cherry in second and third is certainly up for grabs with Dungog, Hinton, and Stroud all in the arm wrestle. Yeah, I went, you know, going out to them sort of place always tough. Hinton, Stroud. So it'd be, it'd be interesting. It'd be good to see Teagarden sort of. Rebuild and they're an A grade team for a fair few years. Yeah, by, led by that man Brook Roach when yeah. he was up there before he went back to the terrace. And um, yeah, it's certainly interesting. I, I think it's um, it's a little shame on, in terms of what's happening out there in T Guards. I mean, they're scraping together a side and, and doing pretty well, competing most weeks. But I was hoping because I saw the the rugby union side there. I was hoping that might have bolstered their numbers a little bit, but yeah. it doesn't appear to have too heavily. But uh, hopefully, for rugby league up in that mile region, T Garden and Karua can build from where they are this year and add some players. It can't be easy in those sort of, I don't, I don't want to call them remote, but, you know, sort of, you know, the, the populations aren't necessarily there, young guys coming through to, to bolster those teams as much as some of those maybe inner city or Maitland clubs. So hopefully they can, you know, return to their strengths and move up through the grades over the next couple of years. But, um, yeah, I think I think Clarence Town, as we said, they'll have the target on their back. But uh, I, I'm going to say Hinton Stroud are the two dark horses here. Uh, certainly be interesting to see. Maitland United on their day are quite competitive, but as we saw, they're very much a roller coaster ride. They got absolutely handed to them by Clarence Town on the weekend. Uh, but they could also come into the picture of upsetting, you know, a Hinton or a, or a Stroud or a Dungog and knocking them out first week of the finals. I wouldn't put that past them. Yeah, I, I know Patterson River, they're always strong. So they've always got a good team. I know a lot of their boys are going over the more, but, but I they'll, they'll come through the goods, I reckon. Yeah, if they can sneak into that fifth spot, especially with Maitland United in the form they're in, it could be very interesting. What are you, Dan? Any, anyone you fancy up there? Yeah, I don't know. They're all, they're all good clubs, you know, and a lot of them have had, you know, A-grade experience. Like, you look, Patterson River in A-grade a few years ago, and Teagarden a few years ago, A-grade too. Um, you know, Dunlog, they've been as high as B-grade, even last year, I think. So, uh, they've always been pretty strong clubs, but I think, I think Stroud, as far as consistency goes, like, yeah, it seems like they've kept the same amount, of, the same group of players there for a few years now. Went close last year. I think they just lost to Patterson River in the, in the prelim. Then Patterson obviously got the chocolates in the GF. So I think Stroud might be one to watch come finals time. It'd be great to see. Sure, surely Chapo can retire at 53 if he wins the title. <laughs> Has he won one yet? Or was he still playing? Sure, sure, surely by this point you would have won one. If he hasn't, then I wouldn't be letting him play in the grand final. Maybe that's why he's still playing. Yeah. Waiting for that time. <laughs> Could be waiting a while yet, uh, but yeah, obviously Clarence and some of the players, and, and you guys probably have come up against some of these guys, like the likes of young Kent Papa and Blake Birch. And you got that sort of experience there. I mean, Blake could probably, you know, both those guys could definitely walk into an A grade and possibly even a first grade side if, that, if that's where they elected to commit. But it's great to see a lot of guys, and it's across all the grades coming back. And the sheer depth of Newcastle Hunter Rugby League is yards above where it was five or ten years oh, ago. Nice. And, and you know. 
as much as people might want to have a, a shot at different points um, about you know gradings and regrading and stuff, a lot of that comes down to the work that Dave Wild and his committee have done. And you know, we've only got to see that you know you've got teams like Tall Timbers and Budgie who are knocking down the door wanting to join our competition and travel from a or Tall Timbers. They travel from a Rimba every week, including travelling to Gloucester as part of the competition. Um, so yeah, look, it's going gangbusters. The ladies league table, you know, you guys got the ladies league table out here as well, and the women's tackle as well. That the combined CRL competition, the numbers are absolutely flourishing, and um, it's probably at the expense a little bit of, of some of the lower grades in the Newcastle rugby league. But it's great to see, and uh, hopefully it happens for years to come. So a uh, bit of credit where credit's due, I guess, to Dave and, and the crew that run the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. Oh, of course, of course. And we'll wrap up with the D-grade Southern Conference. And uh, unfortunately, this one's back to a 17 competition, as we touched on last week. Budgie were unable to continue fielding two sides. Uh, Guitar, we talked about them a little bit before. Uh, they're a little light on numbers, but they seem to be really mixing in, this, in the D-grade comp, so doing well. They went down 24-18 to the latter leaders, Hamilton. Cardiff and Swansea played out a 19-18 thriller over at Cardiff. And Kersley Crushers got their... Uh, second win of the season with a 22-10 win over Wobbacool. Wanji with the bye. Uh, so that sees Hamilton on 20, Swansea and Katara 16, Cardiff 10, Wobbacool 8, Kersley 6 and Wanji 6. So again, a competition where everyone's alive and well. Um, Kersley and Wanji uh, probably scraped a bit for numbers at different points, but looking to solidify and a couple of wins and you know, a bit of confidence and they'll be right in that finals race. We've seen Kersley knocked off Wobbacool and now they're only a win behind them. Yeah, I know Katara's got a fair few young blokes, same thing, sort of young 18, 19-year-olds. You know, anything could happen there. If they get a good team on the park, Kersley, they're always, they're always pretty strong when you go up there. I'll tell you what, I saw them earlier in the year, and I've never seen a team... Well, I, went, I went over to Jeffrey Park, which is Kersley's home ground, and Abmain and Raymond Terrace were playing, and I went there essentially before I went over to watch Woodbury. So I watched the first half of that C-grade game. Saw all the Kersley boys rock up and the Gloucester boys rock up. And honestly, this like, and obviously you can't judge a team by how they look, but when they all walked in, there is some absolute, like, I thought Kersley were just going to absolutely smash Gloucester. They look like a football team, so at some point it had to click for them, and you know, they put some points on a wobble there, so hopefully this is the start of some momentum for them. Uh, they lost a lot of players this year, so it'd uh, be good to see, obviously, that, you know, the, the, the Cessnock region there is uh, another heartland of rugby league, and, um, you know, we had the Cessnock cutters there a few years ago, and, and Kersley, I think, sort of, were a reiteration that came out of that, and they've got some good sponsors on board and, and plenty of commercial support, so hopefully they can start to get some results on the paddock, but it's just great to see a nice, even, competitive competition as well. Um, I know, as I said, Wanji have been struggling for some numbers. They've had some, uh, I won't call them crisis meetings, but some meetings where they had to decide whether or not to continue on in the competition. They've got some commitment from some guys, and as you say, it's an interesting competition. You've got teams like Hamilton and Katara that are young sides, and you've got the likes of Cardiff and Wanji that are primarily older sides and guys that are you know, the other end of their career, so it's always interesting to see that mix. And look, the, the targets on the Ducks' back, uh, they've made themselves very popular in, in, in the social media spheres with their uh, drinking first, footy second sort of culture. And they've got quite a strong side, and I'd be very surprised to see them competing in D grade next year. Yeah, I know they've got um, Jake Lawrence from South, he's over there helping get them, you know, get them ready each week, and he's, he must be doing a good job. Yeah, he, uh, the, the, a lot of the South boys are getting right behind him. I see uh, Tim Christie when we, when we went out to Hamilton caught up with us as well. And uh, we've got a very good culture there. It doesn't hurt when you're sponsored by the Kent Hotel. So, <laughs> uh, look, uh, I think they, you know, they've literally said that, Hamilton, and credit to them. They had a bunch of players who were sort of on the fringes of, when I say a bunch, a number of players reached out on the fringes of A and B grade squads that didn't necessarily start the season the way they wanted. And they approached and they said, no, no, look, we're trying to just run on, you know, 
There were a bunch of guys that were lived at Everton House, I think, all together. Yeah. Um, most of them didn't play last year, and so they've sort of you know come together this year. And uh, I, I think they're certainly not ruling out. I think they're talking about maybe trying to do similar to what you guys have done out on a women's side next year, and then maybe a second side after that because they have been inundated. And obviously, the inner city area is quite popular, but they're also very aware that the sustainability of the comp doesn't come from you know them them having two or three teams and you know at the expense of other clubs. So. Uh, yeah, certainly great to see a new club doing well, but some of the, some of the expense of you know the existing clubs, which is always a, a fine balance for the competitions committee to to uh, see. But yeah, for me, uh, I think Cardiff are probably the dark horse here. Uh, they knocked off uh, Swansea earlier in the in the season, and um, they've mixed it with Hamilton, and then mixed it again with Swansea last week. So again, one of those sort of it's hard to judge those two team clubs uh, just in terms of you know if everyone's available for A grade, obviously they're for Cardiff, obviously, you know, you get a handful of A-grade players going into D-grade can make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, I think Cardiff, Cardiff have been one of the top sides in D-grade for a while now. Look, I'm not sure if they've won a comp, but they've been in, like, a few grand finals now. Um, yeah, surely, surely, you know, they've got a lot, of, a lot of talent out there for sure. And I think you're right, probably a lot of those players are playing up in A-grade to help them out, you know. Obviously, they might be having a few, you know, a few shortage of players and that, but come finals time and all those players are on board, I think they'll, um, yeah, they'll upset a few teams. Yeah, I was having a look through Cardiff's sort of team list the other day when I was kind of more trying to finalise the last of the the Masters side, as we called it. And uh, there's a lot of players that have played three or less games for Cardiff. So if they can get all those sorts of guys, you know, you've got guys like um, James Ahoy, Daryl Gordon, these sorts of guys have only played one or two games each, and there's plenty more, uh, you know, similar sort of guys that are definitely, you know, A-graders, A you know, on a good day, some of the guys, and those two names I mentioned, definitely A-graders on, on, on their day. But a number of other guys who are probably going to, if they come back in, are probably going to push down into the D grade side. And you may find that guys who played, you know, seventy percent of a year in A grade. And it's going to be an interesting question that Cardiff are going to have to face: is do they, you know, as those guys start to come back now, do they qualify them for D grade? Because they're probably not. You know, you'd think it would be very unlikely with how far adrift they are in A grade that they're going to make the A grade final. So um, I, don't, I don't think Cardiff are in the nature of stacking it. But there will certainly be some of those guys like the Daryl Gordons, the James Ahoys, where if they're coming back in the next couple of weeks and making themselves available. You know, do you say, okay, well, we've got these guys who've been playing A grade, so you guys jump into D grade, and those two guys alone could turn a D grade fixture on its head. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see because if they are struggling with numbers for A grade, they might have no choice. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens come finals time. It'd be great to see too because it'd be quite disappointing for a side that's you know the like of Cardiff with two type teams. Uh, you'd really like to see one of their sides at least feature in the finals and maybe have a bit of a run, and similar with Katara. You know, they've both strung together enough numbers to get two sides on the part, which isn't always easy. We've seen Budgie try to do the same thing, and they struggled. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully that's the case. And at the end of the day, I'd like to see as many clubs as we can represented across the final series. You know, those teams with two clubs, you'd like to see them get one in, probably not both, if that makes sense. And yeah. where their A-grade and B-grade sit, respectively, you're probably thinking it's unlikely that they're going to go in. So hopefully their lower grades can represent them and maybe maybe upset some, you know, stronger, more fancy rivals like Hamilton and Swansea and, Katara Cardiff Grand Final, that'd be exciting. Yeah, mate, yeah. It'd be good luck. You get, sure, get a bumper creating at number one for that one. Oh, for sure, mate, for sure. So, all right, boys. Well, thank you very much for um, uh, joining me tonight on the show. Um, certainly been nice to pop out here to Tuxford. I came out here last year to interview one of the boys and you put on the rain for me and you've done it again tonight. So, it always seems to be raining out here. Actually, I remember coaching a junior side out here at rain when we brought, it, <laughs> brought the team out here to play you guys. Um, played a trial out here years ago as well, and it rains, so I don't know, does it always rain out here? I know the wetlands are just there. <laughs> yeah, we've had a fair few rainy games this year, out of Tuxford, it's been, yeah, it's, yeah, 
Field holds up pretty well on the wet though, so that's yeah, that's always good. that's always handy. So runs down with the soccer field, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, not Bob, worried about that. Bob Palmer gets it looking pretty good. Yeah, so. lovely. Uh, so yeah, thanks boys for your time. Uh, enjoy your weekend off. It's been a little while between them. I think we had the June long weekend and the, uh, this one, and then it's the run home and time to mount that finals charge. So all the best of luck. We'd love to see the Devils in the finals. Uh, all those thanks again to the listeners for tuning in. Make sure to jump onto our social media. Uh, Lee Castle AUS on Facebook, Lee Castle AU on Twitter. Uh, share it around a little bit. We're knocking on the door of a thousand uh, followers on the page, and, and when we get to that, we might have a little giveaway of uh, sorts. We'll see what we can come up with from a couple of our partner organisations. Uh, but yeah, thanks to you boys. Enjoy the weekend off. Good luck for the run home. I know you've got some uh, tough fixtures coming up. You do take on Uni and Westie in the coming three three rounds, I think. So. Um, if, if you uh, do make the finals, you'll certainly earn your way there. And uh, yeah, wish you all the best and, and uh, certainly look forward to seeing a strong shorty over the years to come. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having us. Cheers, mate. Thanks, boys.